Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. I know you're as excited as I am. KWOD Radio. And this is Patty Holtrans. Some call me PJ. Depends on where I am and what hat I happen to be wearing. But today, I have my artist hat on. And we are talking to Dave Beatty today. And I'm excited to have him on board. Hey, Dave, you on? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing you today? I'm, yeah, I can I'm hear doing you. Good. How are you? Good. Good. I had to. I had to. I had to forgo to Skype and say, forget it. I'm going to go a different way. <laughs> Skype has just not been very reliable lately. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, we're here. We're here. And uh, you know, I've met you. Well, gee, it must have been two years ago already. Can you believe that? Um, yeah, it's sort of uh, <laughs> I know. The years go by. You know, the weeks go by. I mean, here we are on Wednesday already. And uh, I met you at the Pop Culture event at Pop Culture Paradise. I had a friend who said, who pointed at you and said, he's really something. I said, oh, really? Well, so I, what, what is something? <laughs> yeah, and he I, says uh, he does a really yeah, awesome Batman. And apparently he loves your Batman. So yeah. uh, there you go. That's how this all happened. And you're into a lot of different... You you have drawn a lot of different... Uh, in a lot of different worlds, apparently. Right, I have. And you, um, uh, you live in Prescott, or Prescott Valley? Well, actually, sorry, Prescott. Yeah, Valley. yeah, Prescott Valley. Yeah. I was just there the yeah, other day. Yeah. I was there on Sunday. <laughs> I love it up there. Yeah, it was really nice this uh, this last weekend. Really nice weather up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, whenever you can get away from, you know. Uh, the city, so he's nice. Uh, we we were up there shooting some pictures for a book that's coming up. So, uh, you know, we said, well, we needed to eat somewhere. So we went a little further to Prescott Valley. Always nice to uh, be in that area. I'm oh, sure you like it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> you, you, got, you got three pets. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough to keep you busy. It feels like a menagerie at times, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you straight out. Where do you get your inspiration? Um. Well, uh, it, as far as his general work goes, I, I pull inspiration from all kinds of things. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously other comics that I like to read. Um I get inspiration from books and and music and and movies and life. Um, 
uh, just all kinds of things just and and you know inspire me in different ways and um so just all 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 manner of things so okay and you guys started in the batman you know sectors and series there how did that come to pass well when i worked on uh batman incorporated um the way that came about was is at the time um me and, and another artist I worked with for a long time, uh, Scott Clark, um, we had been, uh, with a time, we were working on Flashpoint Wonder Woman, which was like a big event book that uh, tied mm-hmm. into uh, the changeover from the old DC Universe into the new 52 DC Universe. And um, oh, yeah. apparently Grant Morrison was familiar, uh, the writer of Batman Incorporated, was familiar with uh, some of the CGI and and digital artwork that we had created for other series in the past, and so mm-hmm. um, he made some inquiries and asked around and specifically requested us to do an issue of Batman Incorporated, where Batman has sort of a, an adventure inside a virtual reality world that they've created, um, and uh, Oracle is there. She has like an avatar where she can walk. Um, and it's just kind of a crazy, over-the-top adventure um, that tied into the whole uh, Batman Incorporated uh, story arc. So that's kind of how it came around. Okay. So. I saw some of your work sitting there, and I'd say that it's really awesome. You've got to see uh, you know, some some artists, just something's not quite right with the muscular tone or uh, or the face or something, but you're, you're spot on. When it comes to that, so kudos for that. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment. I, um, by the way, this person who said that you're top notch, he's very fussy. He's, he's very particular. So that was a really high honor for him to say that. As uh, oh. he knows his he knows his comic books. <laughs> cool. So that was good. Yeah. I'm going to let everybody know now that uh, this is a live call. So that means you can call in and, and talk, talk to Dave about his work uh, or just ask him questions or, you know, you just want to shoot the breeze with us. That's fine. His uh, call number is 714-242-5145. Uh, we're both in Arizona. I'm not sure how the weather is up there in Prescott Valley, but it's been rainy, pretty much body rainy all day here. Well, ironically, I am not in Prescott Valley. I'm in Cottonwood, Arizona, on, on my way home. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm on the so side you're a little of the further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, hopefully you, you, you here, have to read so. the weather. That's cloudy. Yeah, yeah, well, that's better yeah. than raining, you know. Yeah. As uh, having noticed, yeah. we've had we've had a lot of pretty heavy stuff lately, so. I don't. I don't mind days like today where it's just a little spotty rain in the morning, and then it's cool all day long. Open up the windows oh, yeah. and doors, you know. Man, we yeah, we don't get that very often down here in the valley. <laughs> yeah, it's, you guys it's, probably get it more, it, more it, often there. Yeah, we we do because it's cooler. Um, but uh, the weather, like the last week, has been absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, in, in Prescott Valley for sure. So it's been really, really nice. Is it help to, I mean, do you work inside of a studio uh, most of the time or do you ever get out and actually, you know, just 
see the nature and 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 incorporate some of that into your work. Yeah, I I, I try to. I I work a lot though. Um, so primarily, most of my time is is spent in the studio working. Um, and then I have like a traditional drawing setup, and then I have a digital drawing setup. So depending upon the project or my mood or what I'm working on, sometimes I'm you know, over in the digital world creating or I'm over in the traditional world creating. Um, so my latest fascination has been getting back into painting, so I've been doing a lot of painting lately. So. Ah. Well, you are you do seem to be rounded. I, I did see that you, uh, some of the drawings that you gave us to put up, some of them were pencils, some of them were chalk, and uh, you had a brown one. I'm not sure is that was that brown chalk that you used on that one? Well, I think that might have been the uh, just the uh, maybe the way the picture came out, but it's it, that was actually charcoal on newsprint, and that was a, a tone study for a painting I did of uh, Machine Man, the uh, Marvel Comics character. Very good. He, he people even knows which one he sent me. So, I mean, you sent me like seven of them. And so, yeah, I, I just reduced them down and, and sent and put them up because I wanted everybody to see all the different. Uh, you obviously were showing me some diverse media's that you work with. Yeah, and I when I start, it was interesting because when I I started in school and and was learning art and I always wanted to draw comics. Um, I kind of came to that uh, period where you know traditional was still very very important and the computer was. Um, kind of emerging and becoming important. Um, so over the course of my career, I've kind of had to wear uh, both hats, you know, be able to do stuff digitally and also do stuff traditionally at the same time. And one of the things that's unique about that perspective is when you learn to create art traditionally and you learn to create art, create art digitally, um, you begin to understand that the computer is a tool just like a paintbrush is a tool, just like a pencil is a tool. And... Um, I can't remember who it is who said it. It might have been Steve Reed who said that uh, your drawing helps your painting and your painting helps your drawing. And, and I believe that your drawing and your painting helps your computer art and your computer art helps your drawing and your painting. <laughs> you know? So it all kind of goes together in my mind. So Yeah, and that, that makes sense. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is an interesting I, I thought. I mean, you've been doing this for a while, so you've seen some changes in the industry. Yeah. And so, you know, that's got, that's how it must have changed, you know, some, again, like you're talking about, uh, how you used to do, have to do it traditionally. Now you do you do both. Right. And um, yeah, I've seen those changes. Yeah, the, it's, it has changed a lot. I mean, when I started, um, one of my earliest jobs um, in a shop that, that produced uh, art and uh, designs was actually a t-shirt shop, and the first job I had was actually uh, working in a, a blowout tank, blowing out screens for screen printing, but they also trained me to use ah. a stack camera, and a stack camera is, you know, that's, that's you know, by, by you know, way, way gone now, but, um, yeah, when I first started, you know, everything had to be on the board, and you would shoot it on the stack camera, and um, you were hand cutting separations using things like amber lift and yeah. ruby lift, and um, it's come a long way since then. That's for sure. So, yeah, I, I worked in a print shop for 14 years, so 
I understand them. You, you know, and I, I said, told them, I said, you need to get into digital because otherwise, you know, the print shop's gonna, it's gonna be lost. And so right. this is not the way we're printing anymore. Right. So I grew up in spot, spot, spot ink and all that. So understand exactly what you're talking about. This inks, you usually come in a can. And right. <laughs> and down and dirty, man, down and dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, publishing and you know, honestly, everything is changing. You know, the the technology. Um, I have to say though that you know, the the comics now compared to it used to be, I think it's a lot cleaner looking. And do you think that's because of the fact that it's digital? Well, I think maybe that, that, and and this would be more of an artistic answer. I think a lot of artists, because they can they have so much control over so much of the tools, um, I think they're able to just create the image the way that they want. Um, and you know, in in a sense, since you have uh, maybe a, a better or clearer vision of of how you want to create, I think that does impact the work. Um, but yeah, advances in computer technology, um, especially in the field of printing, um, has definitely uh, brought the quality of uh, comic books up very, very high. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the advances in printing, there, there's a lot, lot to be said for that. But I think in tandem with that, I think the tools and, and being able to, you know, because today, you know, as an artist, you can control with a computer every aspect of the creation of the art. Um, if you learn how to do it, you know, every aspect, you know, the penciling, lettering, inking, coloring, all of it. Um, so it is an amazing toolbox to have. Um, and if you can tell the story, there you go. <laughs> right, right. Let's hope, you, yeah. let's hope you're telling a good story. That's right. Hopefully you're telling a good story. So. <laughs> yeah. As you know, I've seen some really beautiful comics, but some of the, the stories are a little lacking. Uh, and then the other way around too, you know, where it's like, what? You know, really great story, but you know, the artwork should have been better. Right. Well, and it depends. I mean, with the big companies, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we're hired on and and assigned to books. Um, you don't really, you know, pick the books a lot of times that you work on. Um, right. And uh, so, you know, hopefully, you you hit your. Uh, hit yourself to a good creative team that's doing good work and every once in a while you, you end up on a book that, you know, maybe isn't all that you hoped it would be. Um, but, you know, as a professional, you knuckle down and, you know, you bring as much as you can to try and make it a good experience, you know, for the readers and um, you just keep on trucking until you get that next assignment. And one of the nice things is I've been focusing on creator-owned work lately. One of the nice things about creator-owned work is you can kind of assemble your own team or you can work with people you specifically want to work with to create um, the kind of stories that you want to create and craft the art in the way that you want to create it. So, um, you know, it's, 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 a, you know, so hopefully those, those will be good, you know, but yeah, when you're working for the big companies, you just kind of get assigned to something. So um, sometimes you're on a good book and sometimes you're on a not so good book. Yeah. You, you can't pick your team. Most of the time, it's kind right. of like your right. your family. You can't pick your family. <laughs> right, exactly right. <laughs> now, bushy tails. 
um, I and that's just, I'm looking at some of the artwork on your bushy tails. You got a lot of really awesome gray tones here, um, and I happen to the obviously uh, gray tones are something that I really love. Um, you got into bushy tails. Is that your own creation? Well, bushy tails is, you is, is a creator. Right, yeah. Bushy tells is a creator-owned uh, book that was created by myself and another artist, uh, Lynn Workman, and um, that's sort of a labor of love between the two of us. Um, mm. Yeah, but you it's sort of a. You've got it's beautiful. Oh well, thank you. It, it's sort of a. The it, it's of it is, a, is a light. A, Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I just I, admiring. Just say, oh, um, well, the the gray tone work is actually a lot of the gray tone work is um, Lynn Workman. Uh, he's a fantastic uh, uh, colorist and uh, airbrush painter, and uh, a lot of that grayscale work is Lynn, um, and he's an amazing, amazingly talented artist. When uh, you know Bushy Tells came about because we were talking about that we should have, you know, like our own characters our own creation um to be able to explore and tell stories with and so we created bushy tells and it's sort of a post-apocalyptic samurai story about four female samurai who are sent on a quest by hachiman the japanese god of war mm. yeah i can see this hey, you're um you got some really great work here so so yeah, you know, it's all good to have your own own world that you're working on because I think that I you know, uh I I work on other people's books. Uh, but you know, if I if I didn't have my own book, I don't don't think I would do that. <laughs> right. Only because it's it's you know, that's right. that's you have to have something that you love yourself. Yeah, I am right. gra- grateful and always honored to be part of it, but if I didn't, if I wasn't actually publishing my own books, I probably would not be in this business. <laughs> it, you have no, to do I, the same. I, I, yeah, yeah, you you really do, yeah, and, yeah, and you I usually encourage people to, you know, create their their own stories and and either self-publish or or go to another publisher and and have their own creator work out there. Um, partly because it's nice to have one as a fallback, but. It's also, like you said, creatively, you know, um, maybe you're on a not-so-great book and you get frustrated with that direction, but then you can come back to your creator-owned work and, you know, bring either those insights or um, those things that you wanted to see done differently, and it makes your book a better book. So, um, again, it all all kind of, I I consider it like a part of the, if you're a, a comic book artist or a cartoonist or an illustrator, I consider it just part of the process, uh, you know, having your own creator own work, but then also doing work for the major companies. So. Hmm. Yeah, well, watching Bushy Tales number two, you've got uh, a fight scene here that's just, I love it. I like, I like women with, with uh, swords, by the way, so... <laughs> <laughs> Women with swords is well, just it. Anybody knows me understands that. <laughs> well, I so, I do so too. As, as, as long as they're on my side. <laughs> well, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> better, better get on your side pretty fast if, she, if they're not on your side before. Right, right. Yeah, I I, um, I studied martial arts um, off and on since I was the age of 14, and I studied uh, uh, karate and Aikido, jiu-jitsu, um, and uh, I've always loved the martial arts, and I love martial arts movies. So uh, Bushi tells us, while a love letter to kind of monster movies, um, it's also a love letter to martial arts and martial arts movies. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but having seen some of your artwork in Bushy Tales, there, I definitely want want to pick one up and and peruse her. And I'm not I'm not your typical uh, comic book person, so I, I'm one of those uh, people that it's like you know you put a good a good one in front of me, and I'm gonna know that's a good one because of you know I'm not looking at it in that same way. So um, I'm looking at the artwork, looking at you know you can tell that you guys love this. So that's that's it's oh, well, great. It's great. I do know that you you brought the, bringing him. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the coolest the, one of the coolest things that that ever happened to me uh, professionally. Uh, I was at San Diego Comic Con several years ago. We were set up with Bushitas. Lynn Workman and I were both there. And my wife was there as well, and they had both gone off to get lunch or something, so I was manning the booth by myself. And I saw this young lady wandering around, kind of, um, sort of, you know, because San Diego Comic Con is so overwhelming, it puts people in a bit of a daze. But she also looked kind of bored. And so I called her over and was talking to her and told her about the book and put a copy of Issue 1 in her hand. And she's like, well, like, I'm not really into this stuff. This is what my boyfriend is into, and and I'm just, you know, because she was from Australia, and they were on, uh, I guess, one of the sabbatical trips where they travel, and so he wanted to go to San Diego to do the Comic-Con, and she just wanted to see San Diego, and so she was there with him and just wandering around, and he was in a panel. And so I gave her the book, and I said, hey, you know, here's something fun for you to read. If you get bored, you can find somewhere to sit, check it out. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. You know, just, you know, go off and, you know, hopefully have a good time. Well, the next year, we're all at the table setting up. The floor had just opened, and uh, I see this young lady walking to the table really fast with someone in tow. And she comes up and we start talking, and it dawns on me, oh, this is the same lady I talked to last year because she had the Australian accent and everything. And so she ended up talking to Lynn for a bit, but she loved Bushy Tells, which always, as a, you know, as a creator, makes you feel good. And her boyfriend kind of pulled me aside and was like, thank you for giving her that book and talking to her. He's like, she read the book. She loved it. Now, and she's in the comics because she's like, what do you have that's like this so I could read? So I started giving her books. And now it's something that brings us together and not something that's pulling us apart. Um, so that's probably one of my cool. moments as a professional comic book artist. <laughs> Some would say that you, that you corrupted her. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a good way, hopefully. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. In a good way, yeah. Well, you know, it, 
Heaven knows it could definitely be. Uh, it's a good thing that she got a hold of your book. And she's uh, learning how to now become a martial artist. Yeah, that's always good. <laughs> we need more women martial yeah. artists. Well, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. We're, you're into a lot of other uh, work that you've got going on here. Obviously, the, probably the big one that everyone's everyone's buzz about is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, how did you get involved in that with Marvel Comics? Well, Guardians of the Galaxy was the very first thing professionally I ever worked on. Prior to that, all I'd done was uh, cut lawns and stuff. I was right out of high school. Um, and the way that it came about was there was an artist in town he was um, working on the book, and the deadlines on the book were really, really tight. It was the annual number four. This is for the um, 1990s Guardians of the Galaxy series. And, uh, you know, word got to me that he was looking for some help to help get the book out. And so I called him on the phone, and he's like, yeah, come on over. And so I was basically a ghost. Uh, another way to refer to it as an as an intern. So I was kind of learning the craft um, while helping him. And the majority of the work I did was on the background, um, ships, stuff like that, mountains, and lots lots of trees. Um, but uh, Yandu, the the character that Michael Rooker plays, is the only character from the '90s Guardians of the Galaxy series that was in the movie. Um, and he's pretty different, um, but uh, you know that was that was such an amazing thing to get to work on and to see the process of how it was, you know, the art was created and what we were doing. Um, so it was an amazing experience, and, uh, and and getting to go to a movie and see a character that was in that series, one of the first things I worked on, was just an amazing thrill. Um, so, but yeah, that's how that all came about. Yeah, that's how it that all came about. That's great. You know, it's, it's cool to be involved in that. I think that uh, with that particular one, I think that there's a lot of diverse characters there. Right. You know, you've got your raccoon, for goodness sakes. You've got to, <laughs> you know, got to get all the different different characters, um, you know, the, uh, the textures. I mean, just the textures on all of them. All different. Right. <laughs> right. That must have yeah. been uh, something to work with. Well, the version I worked with was pretty different because um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, that series from the 90s, was actually set in the future of the Marvel Universe. So um, a lot of our characters, um, there was a lot of diversity in the characters still, um, and it was set within a similar universe, but um, it was it was pretty different from the one that was in the movie. Um but uh, uh, like see. I said, nonetheless, when I, I, when I got I to the movie, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it and, and felt somewhat connected to it. There you go. It would have been probably interesting to be able to draw the different textures, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, um, is there any comic book world, if you can say this, uh, is there any comic book world that you would love to try? Um, well, uh, 
I've done a lot of stuff over the years. Um, if there was a, a particular set of characters I would love to work on, um, uh, Blue Falcon and Dynamite always comes to mind, um, which, of course, was the Hanna-Barbera cartoon um, in the oh, 80s. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I love things like that and Space Ghost. Um, so maybe something <laughs> yeah. in that, that kind of vein. So. No Scooby-Doo? more humor. <laughs> uh, I would love Scooby-Doo. You know, they had they had that new series they did where it was Scooby-Doo teaming up with different characters. So in one issue it was Batman and Robin, and then one issue he teamed up with Ace the Bat-Hound. So I would totally love to work on something like that as well. So. Yeah, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Anna's Family. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I grew up with Adam Goldschild. That was another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both grew up around the same time, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was like uh, around that period, the Harlem Globetrotters. I think they had, like, back when we had Saturday morning yeah. cartoons, because that era just ended. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. They had, I remember a Harlem Globetrotters cartoon, because uh, Curly, who was one of the players he when he transformed to his superpowers mm-hmm. um his head was like a basketball it was like crazy wacky oh stuff. yeah so, yeah i remember that one <laughs> yeah you know, i said curly i mean it's such a perfect name for a guy who was bald <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> for the oh season. my goodness well yeah that's that's for sure uh, so, you know, you got Mickey Mouse and Betty Boop in here. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, Mighty Mouse, not again, Mickey Mouse. Oh, I'm sorry. That, you know, it says Mighty Mouse in here. It says Mickey. Sorry about that. Sorry, that's Disney. Right. Don't get alerted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Mouse. I happen to love Mighty Mouse because, you know, that's he's a great superhero of my time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I... Yeah. I... I uh, <laughs> I grew up watching the uh, the original cartoons, and then they had the Ralph Bakshi series. It was in the 80s. It had Bat-Bat, um, which was that Batman parody, uh, which was a bat that dressed as Bat, and they had a bug, the Bug Wonder as his sidekick, and they rode around in the Man-Mobile. Um, still one of my favorite parodies of Batman. So. Man, the things creative people come up with, there's a lot of that. <laughs> yep. Man, man, mobile. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It had it had feet and legs, and it ran. It was slightly disturbing, <laughs> depending upon your age, but it was also very memorable. I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it that you don't mind drawing women, then, because you uh, work no. on Wonder Woman. So. Okay. No, I, I'm very proud of uh, the work that I got to do on Wonder Woman. I loved the show when I was a kid growing up with Linda Carter, and um, it was one of those um, bucket list characters to hopefully get to work on up there with uh, Batman and, and Superman. Um, so, uh, yeah, getting to work on a Wonder Woman book was uh, was a high point. Wow. So, yeah, you've done quite a few things then, and some things of those things are in your bucket list that you can already, you know, checkmark. 
Um, oh, yeah. I'm not even uh, going to ask you. I'm not even going to ask you whether uh, you know the the famous DC versus Marvel uh, question. <laughs> well, uh, it's only because you, 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 you work in both. You, it's it's interesting you bring that up because uh, every year um, at the Phoenix Comic Con we do a panel DC versus Marvel. And uh, I've been on that panel for the last two years, and, and that room is – they keep moving it to bigger and bigger rooms. It's always full, standing room only, and it's just an hour of kind of raucous fun. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to be doing it again next year at the Phoenix Comic Con. So um, anyone listening, definitely come check out that panel. So. Oh, that means I have to get a bigger room. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they're supposed to be moving it to yet yeah, an even bigger room. So they were turning people away yet again. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh so. well. Well, let's talk a, a few minutes about uh, your experience at the conventions, since you you've been to quite a few of them. And um, comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, comic cons. Uh, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've seen the, the conversion of the conventions. They come, you know, business, media type of, of thing. Do you think that we're lacking in the in the artistic area now that they've become more media? Well, there's there's some conventions, I think, that do it better than others. Um, and, you know, probably the Phoenix Comic Con is one of the best examples of doing it right. I think the Phoenix Comic Con does a great job of balancing between all the different aspects to bring as many people in to hopefully um, introduce them to all different kinds of uh, visual storytelling, um, as well as literature and uh, movies and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so, you know, there are shows like that, and then there are other shows I've been to that don't do it as well. Um and uh but you know no matter what convention you're at if you're an exhibitor or you're a guest or you're someone who's set up at an artist you know table all you can do when you get there is just make the best of the experience that you can regardless of how balanced or imbalanced the show is so that's always the perspective i take you know and and the shows that don't do it as well are the shows i normally don't come back to so Yeah, and definitely. Then there are really interesting. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, uh, there's a really interesting sort of um, things that are kind of like Comic Cons, but not. Um, probably my favorite is the Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, and that is actually a town celebration, akin to like you know if you've ever seen a town throw. A uh, corn festival or a wine fest or mm-hmm. one of those things, yeah. but it's Superman themed, and that is huh. um, if I I attribute that is if you're a Superman fan, um, you should go because it, it's like it would be like being an Elvis fan and not going to Graceland. <laughs> well, so there you go. I'm sure they'd be happy to hear that you gave them uh, a good plug there. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a great. It's a great. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone. It's a great, a great time. Yeah. 
I think that some of the smaller towns that have, I mean, even not town, but smaller cities, uh, that have some of the comic cons of their own, I, I think that they're trying to, again, be more true to a certain theme. Right. And it, it you know, like I said, um, I, I've enjoyed, you know, some of the just regular sci-fi cons, and um, I've done anime conventions that were a lot of fun. I mean... Um, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the convention atmosphere because you're with a lot of like-minded people. You know, things are into a lot of the same things that you're into. So it's a very friendly and inviting environment. And um, a lot of times it's a chance to, you know, meet other artists and writers and uh, directors and actors and all kinds of different people who create for a living. And that's always fun for me anyway. Yeah, I, I've uh, been going to uh, sci-fi fantasy conventions for over 20 years, so I've seen the, the emergence of the Comic-Con, and I, I have to wonder sometimes, though, when it when is big too big? Well, well, we'll find out, I guess, probably in the next couple of years. I mean, San Diego's already reached kind of its uh, maximum point as far as what they can do in terms of attendees and... Um, so unless, you know, they're able to do that expansion they're talking about, I think they've kind of, you know, reached the end of the road. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. I mean, you know, here in America, we didn't get to, um, I guess, embrace comics like they did, for example, like in Japan, you know, where uh, comics and uh, or manga is just kind of a part of the everyday experience, you know, between the... Uh, Senate hearings in, in the 50s and the talk that comics lead, lead to juvenile delinquency and everything and you know they burned comics at one point during that time period and a lot of comics were destroyed and that's why yeah and there was a there were a lot of parents when I was a kid growing up because I read comics there were, you know, not necessarily my parents but other parents who would frown upon that and talk to my parents about that's going to pollute his mind and all this other stuff. And um, so I feel like there were only now we're em embracing uh, comics the way, like, for example, like they did in Japan. So it'll be interesting to see how things morph and change and evolve. Yeah, how the kids change. That they're allowed to watch, to read the comic books in, in other places other than the addict. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Those people who said they were going to just uh, destroy your mind, and I guess in a, in a way, maybe uh, that's a good thing because you're already creative, and obviously you were already doodling probably when you were young. What was right. your first remembrance of having drawn something? Oh well, the first thing I I'll tell you the story briefly. Uh, my mother wanted to be a Disney animator, and um, probably mostly because of, you know, when she was born and the generation she was a part of, um, you know, her, she felt like to, she needed to get married and, and have kids. And so she didn't pursue her dream maybe as far as, um, you know, young women today will, um, because it just seems like there's, um, more freedom, um, for women to do the things they want to do. Um, but anyhow, so, when I was very young, I was probably about five, 
um, we had Star Trek on television, and my mom was sitting in front of the television. She was doing a watercolor painting of Spock. It's one of those most vivid memories of watching her do this. And so I was watching her, and I said at one point, I want to do this, too. I want to do what you're doing. So she sat me down in front of the TV with some notebook paper and some crayons, and the next show that came on was a show called Rat Patrol. So the first thing... The first thing that I ever drew were these little stick figures in Jeeps. And uh, I still have those drawings. So. That's awesome. So you got your talent mostly from your mom then? I believe so, yeah. My my mom um, was an uh, incredible artist. And um, I remember growing up looking at her sketchbooks. She loved the... Uh, you know, the Sunday funny section in the newspapers. And so she had just pages and pages of, uh, you know, uh, Beetle Bailey and uh, Peanuts and, uh, you know, Family Circus and, and all of those kind of things. Like her own little one-panel gag cartoon type stuff that she would do. Um, so between that and watching her paint and stuff as a kid, it, it really inspired me to want to do the same thing. And apparently I did inherit, you know, some of my ability from my mom. There you go. So now everybody knows that, uh, yes. <laughs> that Dave got his abilities from his mom and that uh, his first drawing was from Rat Patrol. So that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, remember that in your in your trivia questions at the conventions. <laughs> Anything that you want to share with us that is you know something that is inspired you uh, when you were younger? Obviously, your mom did. Um, but you know, did you watch any uh, other superheroes on on television? And that's you just knew that's what you wanted to draw. Well, the the big inspiration that made me want to draw comics for a living was um, there was this tabloid-sized publication called Batman vs. the Incredible Hulk. And I had grown up watching the 60s Batman television series and, of course, the Hulk television series from the 70s. And so I saw this comic book. I was like, wow, they're going to square off against each other. So I first got it just wanting to read the story. But... Um, after reading it about three or four times, because I, I was already kind of drawing and doodling, I was like, I want to learn how to do this. This is what I want to do. And so that's what really set me on the path, um, was Batman versus the Incredible Hulk. And it, I still say it's a great comic that holds up to this day. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, spoken among many comic book enthusiasts. Well, I say that we're about out of time. And I thank you so much for coming on because, you know, now we know more, a whole lot more about you. And, you know, I say, hey, you're going to be a staple in the conventions uh, here in Arizona, especially. Uh, we should get to know you. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I enjoy getting to talk to you and um, hopefully turn more people onto comic books and art. That's always a good thing. That's all we need more in this world is uh, more art. Yeah, it's the artists that usually say that. that <laughs> and, and those who can't draw at all. Yeah, people who can't draw always say, you know, talk about that. So, uh, you know, it's, 
I can't draw. Uh, I can draw. I can't even draw stick figures, really. But none of my none of my lines are straight. <laughs> That's why I'm a graphic designer, because you know I, I can I can do something else with it. Right. Uh, well, my brother got the freehand drawing. So. <laughs> the, the thing is, when you look at things from from life, anyway, they create the illusion of being a straight line. But there's not as many straight lines as as people think. Um, so it's just a matter of. Uh, I always tell people who are interested in art who want to draw. I always say draw, and uh, you know that old adage: you know, practice makes perfect. You know, you just you you get out of it what you put into it, and um, just stick to it if you love it. So. And there's his and there's his philosophy for the day. <laughs> that's great. That's that's great. That's uh, get creativity from from your elders too. So, uh, right. my mom always said that she she's not creative, and I said, well, of course you're creative. You have got I had to gotten from somebody. So. <laughs> right. Right. There you go. She just uh, stifled. She's not you know creative her own. Creativity. She's been squashing it for too long. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, going off the side of the road for, to for us. Be careful and and get home. Okay. I will do that. It was good talking to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Dave Beatty, and we're so happy to have had him on. Uh, but again, I really into uh, helping out the local artists and getting the word out and on their awesome work. And and you really got to stop by sometime uh, at these cons and and just you know, for goodness sakes, walk by these artists who create this work uh, and just you know, you know, like me, I can't, I can't draw, but I, you know, I, I do other things, and I do other creative things, and so I really appreciate the artistic uh, differences. And you walk down this, uh, the artist alley, and you listen to, uh, and, and look at all the different beautiful things that these people are creating, and you think, you know, this world is really diverse and, and cool. And uh, you stop by and talk to some of them, okay? Because, as I always say, wherever you happen to be, there you are. So stop where you're at and smell the roses. And if they didn't draw any roses, enjoy whatever it is that they did, did create. This is K-Rod Radio, and I'm going to go on a brief break here before we go into our, our calendar of events that are coming up. And man... Man, oh man, oh man, October and November are just packed. So, hang on. I'm going to do a audio promo for our uh, other show that we have, you know, once a month, and that's the Hey Girls, and here we are. Why don't you come on out to the Hey Girls Americana Radio Show, hosted by Song River and Carol Pacey of Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. All coming to you live on KWOD Independent Internet Radio, broadcasting from the Ice House Tavern in Phoenix, Arizona. All sound recorded and mixed by Vintage Note Records. 
come on out, check out the show, and then visit the website at blogtalkradio.com backslash KWOD radio. We'll see y'all out there. Now that was a 30 seconds. <laughs> That's always a short one. Hey, this is Patty Elstrand, this is KWOD Radio, and we've got a lot of things coming up. I just want to briefly let you know about, and then I'll let you all go. Uh, next Wednesday, we're going to be on the air again, same fam, same bat channel, live 30. Uh, we'll be talking to the Comic Media Expo. We'll be interviewing those um, crazy people who decide to start a brand new Comic-Con here in, well, not really, because Comic, Comic and Media Expo, because they're focusing on two major major things, and it's not so much the media, but more uh, about the art, and this is why we're, we're talking to Dave here. Um, about the artwork and, and, you know, the comics, and of course also about the cosplay. And so they're, they're focused more on those items, and uh, also they wanted to have a you know, convention, a smaller convention, in Mesa. And uh, so we're going we're, to find me on out there, guys. So if you want to come out and see if you can win a prize, and come on out to the, the uh, WAD Media booth. Uh, we'll be selling books uh, from AZ Publishing. I've got some horror books coming up, and I got uh, some T.M. Williams uh, work coming in, and along with you know some some works of my own and some works from my other authors, um, including Todd Van Hooser. So uh, definitely come on over and take a look at the books and uh, take a look at our other wares that we've got. Uh, put yourself down for one of the prizes and uh, you know talk to us about. Uh, the radio show. We'll be doing uh, radio shows all weekend. Yay! We actually have uh, a way to do that right in where we're going to be sitting. So uh, we'll be doing radio interviews. Uh, we'll also have our video team out there. So uh, if you see the KWAD emblem, uh, you know, hey, Patty sent them. And so that was going to be uh, Commonwealth Media Expo. It's going to be on 18th through 18th and 19th. Uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'll be speaking actually in a panel on the 17th about authors. And on the 18th, uh, again, about authors. <laughs> Some kind of you know, significant thing here. Um, so 17th, 18th, I'll be speaking in the evening about uh, an author panels. Uh, so the convention is going to be 17th through the 19th. Also... Barnes & Noble Zombie Day. Barnes & Noble Zombie Day, our good friend T.M. Williams is going to be out at the Barnes & Noble Metro Center at 10235 North Metro Parkway. This is your 30-second uh, brief message on this. Uh, Starts at 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon, all about zombies. Uh, her book, The Apocalypse, is going to be out there. We're so happy to be part of that and promoting. Um, Come on out and take a look at that because, you know, it's an awesome, not only an awesome cover, but the story is just, is, is more than just a zombie story. It's a story about politics. And heaven knows there's lots of zombies in politics. So, that's next uh, Saturday, the 18th. Also on Wednesday, the 22nd, we've got a FearCon episode. We're going to be out at FearCon. Uh, FearCon's not until November 1st and 2nd, but we are going to be talking about FearCon. Uh, again, same time, 5.30 p.m. here at KWOD Radio. Um, the 24th, 25th, and 26th is Wild Western Festival in Glendale. 
Um, we're happy to be out there. Uh, this is 9802 North 59th Avenue in Glendale. A lot of fun out there. It looks like a, a you know cowboy town. Um, prices are, are reasonable, and you get in free if you're uh, 12 or under. Um, and it'll be, I think it's 12 or under. Sorry about that. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. Um, and it's, you know we're talking about the Wild West. And we're talking about Wild West from not only now, we're talking Wild West from back when the Wild West was wild. So, you know, they got horses, they got guns, you know, gunslingers, they got, you know, oh my goodness. They got some of the guys who actually played these characters from the heyday of the Wild West. So, definitely going out and uh, have some fun, bring the whole family because, you know, that's just nothing, nothing like the family that enjoys their cowboys. So, Wild Western Festival in Glendale. Uh, zombie Walk 6, I know, 6 Years of Zombies. Um, it's going to be on the 25th. And, of course, the evening they're doing the annual zombie walk through the middle of Phoenix. So coming out, uh, we'll just be walking around doing interviews, talking to the zombies, or you still talk to us. <laughs> uh, but we'll definitely talk to the zombie hunters. We know some of those guys. So there we go. So that's the 25th. And then, of course, you've got the Hey Girl Show, which you just talked about. Now it's going to be on October 29th. Again, it's the Ice House Tavern on 3855 East Thomas Road, Phoenix, from 8 p.m. to 9, uh, 8 p.m. to 10, 8 to 10. Um, yeah, it's always great fun, and we've got lots of uh, awesome music. Uh, yeah, I'm just so pleased to be part of this particular uh, group, the Hey Girl Show. Uh, not only because of, uh, of you know these great gals that put it together, but because it, you know I happen to love music and I can just really jam with it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure you will too. Uh, Kamikaze Expo in LA is October 31st through November 2nd. Tuscan Sci-Fi Fantasy, which of course is in Tucson, uh, is also on October 31st through November 2nd. So we got three cons in one weekend. But, you know, one's in L.A., so that, you know, technically doesn't count, except that was with our good friend T.M. Williams. So, uh, at FearCon, of course, we're going to be out of FearCon. Uh, we'll be doing the Wheel of Daring. The wheel, the wheel, we should call it something else. Hmm. The Wad Wheel. Or a Wada Wheel. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So, somebody's got to name it. It's going to be uh, the, the Wheel of Fortune. And so whoever is, it's always going to be something that somebody can actually win prizes on. They come and uh, put down their email address and can get in on the ground floor of some really cool prizes. It's just a con on November 1st and 2nd. So that's October. Oh, my goodness. And we're into November. Obviously, we have Tucson Comic Con. Tucson Comic Con will be out there as well. Uh, also, don't forget about your Mesa Second Fridays because we're out there and, uh, you know, we're taking names and, and talking to people, um, handing out for news, newspapers and doing a show uh, every Second Friday. Duh. That's why they call it Mesa Second Friday. Um, the Tucson Comic Con that's on November 8th and 9th will be out there in, in Tucson. It's having fun, so... Uh, we'll also have our wheel of whatever we want to name it. We'll let you guys name it. Um, then we'll do a contest on naming the wheel. It has something to do with 
turtles and and rods. I don't know. And newspapers. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So think about it. It's a, it's a wheel, and uh, it's, you guys can, and whoever names it can win a prize. There you go. Give you guys a good time to be creative. <laughs> All right. Avond- Avondale's Raiders Conference is on November 15th, and that's on Saturday. There's a feed for that, so take a look and find it and uh, sign up if you're if you're an interested writer uh, or an author. You can find out information about how to write better and how to sell your work. Uh, Scottsdale Civic Library, uh, T.M. Williams is doing a book signing on November 16th. That's Sunday at 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Crazy woman as she is, she's going to have even more work out by then. So... Uh, we got to get busy and get it going. So, ha- so happy to have you guys on board. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrom signing out for the day. The KWOD Radio. Patty Holstrom signing out. You guys have a great rest of the week and enjoy your hump day. Get on, create.